All right, my friends, thanks for tuning into the podcast, where, as always, we'll discuss the professional literature and the evidence-based protocol as they relate to the effective treatment of clinically significant anxiety symptoms. I'm Chris Lines, licensed psychotherapist and OCD spectrum disorders treatment specialist, and this, well, this is OCD Straight Talk. This podcast is made possible by NoCD. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient OCD therapy. NoCD therapists are trained in exposure and response prevention, or ERP therapy, the gold standard treatment for OCD. With NoCD, you can do virtual, live face-to-face video sessions with one of their licensed, specialty-trained therapists, and they accept most major insurance plans. To find out more about NoCD, visit nocd.com. That's nocd.com to book a free 15-minute call. For people in the state of Kentucky, you can go to kentuckyocd.com. That's K-E-N-T-U-C-K-Y-O-C-D.com and book a session with me. But I mean, I think that, that people generally get it wrong in one of two or two of two places. And I don't mean to say that there aren't other pitfalls and there aren't other mistakes that are made, but I would say, generally speaking, when patients or or symptom sufferers are themselves trying to do exposure therapy, in other words, they're not in treatment with an OCD treatment specialist who is running them through a course of exposure and response prevention. But like I say, they're just kind of doing it on their own. So to those individuals, I would say, I think generally speaking, people get it wrong in one or two of two areas. And those two areas are that individuals tend to give up too soon uh, with regard to exposure and response prevention uh, and that they engage compulsions through that process. So let's take them one at a time. The operative words in good exposure therapy outside of the importance of stopping compulsions are prolonged and repetitive. If you understand these terms in their given context, and if you employ their ideas in real time on the ground floor relative to your fears and the exposure process that you're engaging in relationship to those fears, the chances are pretty good pretty good that you're going to make progress. And by progress, I mean that you're going to experience something of a reduction in your anxiety system, prolonged and repetitive. And so when I say that patients give up too soon, what I generally mean is that they're intimidated by the intrusive thoughts that they're having, uh, or that they're nervous at the prospect of confronting their anxiety over a prolonged period of time and then repeatedly over the course of days. That's a scary idea, right? I mean, generally, OCDers are engaging compulsions, not to get ahead of myself, um, for the purpose of trying to manage anxiety. And so the whole idea of sort of putting on this T-shirt that says, oh, I'm going to tolerate my anxiety, I'm going to confront it, and I'm going to stop my compulsions in the meantime. I mean, it's a, it's not just a new idea. It's a scary idea. And to be fair, it is. It's a scary idea. And so what happens is a lot of anxiety sufferers 
Well, don't, right? They'll stop somewhere short of prolonged, and you know what I mean by that, 45 to 60 minutes at a time or until your anxiety drops to zero, prolonged, and then repetitive, meaning daily repeating the 45 to 60 minute exposure experience. And and in the meantime, through the course of that, working hard to tolerate distress. And again, not to get ahead of myself, but when I say tolerate, that's the opposite of doing compulsions. You know, so think of it like a mosquito bite. If you're tolerating the the uncomfortable feeling, right? If you're tolerating the itch, that necessarily means that you're not scratching. And if you're scratching, well, that necessarily means that you're not tolerating. So through the course of the prolonged and then repetitive exposure experiences, we're intending, we're determining that we're going to tolerate the intrusive thoughts and the distress or anxiety that they cause. So to say that again, I think many, many uh, anxiety sufferers are not engaging prolonged and repetitive exposure experiences. And if they are, the chances are at least fair, if not, I would say pretty good, that they're going to experience a reduction both in the frequency of their intrusive thoughts and in the overall intensity of their elicited anxiety. And that brings us to that second piece. And I think that this one's pretty elusive. This is one that I talk about a lot on the podcast. You've heard me go through this and argue this point over and over if you've been listening to the podcast for a little while. And this is the idea that we have to work very, very hard and hear me. And I know that maybe you're somewhat habituated, if you will, to hearing me use these words, but listen to what I'm saying to you. Lots and lots and lots of times, well-meaning, determined individuals who are really attacking the OCD system are still engaging compulsions without necessarily knowing that what they're doing is compulsive, right? And that's very, very important to bear in mind. So in other words, they'll engage the prolonged and repetitive exposure experiences but through that process, not really make a lot of progress, right? And they'll wonder, well, what the hell's going on here? Why am I not making progress? Why am I not feeling better? It does exposure therapy not work for me, right? And it's like, well, a much, much, like way more likely scenario than, well, you're one of those few individuals for whom exposure therapy just doesn't work. It's way more likely that, no, it works for you too. You're just doing it wrong. You might say, well, where am I doing it wrong? I'm doing prolonged and repetitive exposures. Aren't you paying attention to what I'm saying to you, Chris? I'm doing 45 to 60 minutes at a time, and I'm doing that over and over again. And if that's you, I would say, seriously, dude, hats off to you. Well done. Because most people who are not in therapy working with an expert are not doing that. So if that's you, I'm doing that, I would say kudos, man. Way to go and keep it up. But if you're not getting anywhere, it's very likely that in the process of doing these exposures, you're also engaging some kind of compulsion. And this is where it's like, you've got to approach this interaction with your eyes open. You've got to be paying attention to what you're doing. Like, watch yourself. Are you trying to distract yourself from your intrusive thoughts? 
That's a pretty common compulsion. And part of the reason that it's common is, well, that individuals tend to instinctively gravitate toward distracting themselves from their unwanted thoughts. But another reason that it's common is there's a whole lot of therapists that will encourage them to do that. And that's a problem. Right. And it's a problem for a host of reasons. But the point is, you got to stop distracting yourself. Remember, if you're engaging compulsions, including distracting yourself, you're not tolerating and tolerating intrusive thoughts and the anxiety that they cause over the course of prolonged and repetitive exposures is like your meal ticket. Right? You, you got to be able to engage prolonged and repetitive exposures without doing compulsions. Another common one is subtly reassuring yourself. And you're going to have to look for this because lots and lots of times individuals will sort of walk through what they're doing in session and it turns out they're reassuring themselves. Maybe it looks subtle like they're telling themselves, oh, that won't happen. Oh, this is just my OCD uh, talking. Oh, that's just one of those irrational thoughts that I have don't worry about it kind of thing, right? And I would say, well, that makes sense that you would be inclined to speak to yourself in relationship to those thoughts that way. But again, it doesn't sound like it's really working for you beyond the fact that it's obviously somewhat compulsive, right? So I would encourage you stop trying to reassure yourself. You don't know what the future holds. Really anything or almost anything is possible given the right circumstances. So let's not say that's an irrational thought and that'll never happen. Don't worry about it. Well, there's a reason that you're feeling anxious at that possibility. And in all likelihood, you're feeling anxious at that possibility because it is a possibility. So rather than saying, oh, that won't ever happen, let's embrace the uncertainty that we really don't know what the future holds and then work to identify and stop the compulsions. Another classic, uh, although subtle and certainly invisible, compulsion is rumination, right? And rumination can take lots and lots of different shapes and colors. It's kind of like this idea where we're uh, using our memory to view and even scrutinize sequences of events, right? Places that we've been, conversations that we've had things that we've touched in what order, uh, whether this is relative to contamination OCD or like sexually taboo fears or uh, social anxiety disorder, we're remembering interactions and we're looking at facial expressions and then remembering those facial expressions and you know, what did people think? They didn't seem like they were judging me or whatever it was. And so you're using your memory as a compulsive platform. It could also be uh, thinking through lists of information. Well, remember, uh, WebMD said whatever it was, or or my pastor or priest or my doctor uh, said this or that. And, and in this case, you're kind of remembering conversations as well as remembering lists of information. Then there's like these really subtle compulsions of like bouncing your leg or, or, or clenching your teeth or making fists with your feet or with your hands or whatever it is. They're subtle. They're not obvious. They're not at all easy to point out to yourself unless you're really looking for them. And this is what I try to talk to you about. You got to really be looking for, okay, what am I doing when I am anxious? In the moment that I realize I'm having intrusive thoughts and I'm feeling a little bit of anxiety or maybe a lot of anxiety, paying attention, that's the doorbell, pay attention to what's going on. What are you doing? What are you doing in this moment and can you in any sense at all connect what you're doing to the effort to reduce your anxiety or to somehow prevent your anxiety 
or in any way to manage your anxiety or put the focus on the other piece, what are you doing to try and get rid of the intrusive thoughts or to try and somehow neutralize the feared outcomes? That's another way of referring to the intrusive thoughts, the fears about the future, to try and quiet down the intrusive thoughts. So look at the behaviors from all of those different angles and ask yourself, am I engaging this behavior for any of those purposes? And I would say this, if you think the answer to that question even might be yes, then stop doing that because you have nothing to lose by stopping a behavior that it turns out is not a compulsion. Let me say that to you again. You have nothing to lose by stopping or preventing a behavior that it later turns out is not compulsive. But you have everything to lose by whistling along in naivety that this behavior isn't compulsive. And then later on, when your anxiety is increasing and your symptoms and your symptom severity is through the roof, you figure out, oh, well, you know what? That was compulsive all along. Like now you're in a shitstorm. And I'm saying so you have nothing to lose by stopping the behaviors that could be, that might be compulsive. So again, if you think what you're doing, whatever it is, fill in the blank, when you're anxious, if you think it might be compulsive, then stop doing it. Force it to stop. It's a choice. Choose to fight your way through the moment without doing that behavior. Choose to tolerate the anxiety rather than leaning on that behavior. Again, whatever it is, whether it's subtle or obvious whether it's habitual and long-standing or something you do every once in a while. I don't care what it is. Again, if it's a behavioral choice that you can tie to the effort to manage anxiety or intrusive thoughts, let's identify it as a compulsion and stop doing it. Right, so over the course of time, when you're working to rob your OCD system of its needed compulsions by choice, by force, you're stopping, you're preventing, you're wrestling into submission these compulsive behaviors, what's going to happen over the course of time is the OCD system is going to unravel and fall apart. What does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean eventually you're going to have no symptoms. That's not reality. Put that out of your head. That's not your goal. Your goal is to have fewer less frequent intrusive thoughts, because remember the study, everybody or nearly everyone across the globe has occasional intrusive thoughts. Our goal here isn't zero, it's way less, right? And everybody's nervous sometimes about something. So our goal isn't no anxiety. Put that out of your head. The goal isn't no symptoms, it's way less symptoms. How do we get there? Well, we're not going to get there by working to manage your anxiety. We're going to get there by working to manage your compulsions. I say this to you often, get your eye off of your anxiety. Stop paying so much attention to the intrusive thoughts that are happening. Yeah, they're still there. Stop looking. Stop checking. Yeah, you're anxious again. So what? Stay on mission. Focus your energy and your attention on identifying compulsions and stopping them. Well, that's it for another episode of OCD Straight Talk. 
feel free to reach out with any questions you might have to chrislines04 at gmail.com. If you found the podcast helpful, consider giving it a five-star rating or subscribing to OCD Straight Talk for structured help with your anxiety or OCD symptoms. Thank you.